Coming soon to a television near you. If you thought you knew the story of Santa Claus, think again. Welcome to Smearinsburg, a town so far north that it's almost south. The people of Smearinsburg are unemployed, uneducated, and engaged in a multi-generational feud that no one seems to be interested in putting a stop to. That is, until now. Meet Jesper, the new town postman. Jesper isn't like most postmen. That is because, well, Jesper isn't really interested in delivering the mail. He just wants to mail 6,000 letters out of Smearinsburg so he can get back to his personal butler and his silk sheets. Don't forget the silk sheets. When fate brings Jesper to cross paths with woodsman, semi-retired toy maker Klaus, he devises a plan to manipulate children to send letters to Klaus in hopes that they may receive a toy the next morning. Suddenly, children from both feuding clans share a common goal of being kind to one another as to not end up on Klaus's rumored naughty list. Will Smearinsburg end their lifelong feud and finally be able to live in harmony? Will Jesper's heart be transformed when he sees the kindness that is now on full display due to the kind gestures of Klaus's toy deliveries? Will Klaus leave the island of Smearinsburg to pursue his dream of being a professional axe thrower? Will Perry ever stop asking questions and just get to the BMC already? Find out as Banter I Hardly Know Her proudly presents Klaus. Wes, it's that time of year again. It's that season. Some would say it's the most wonderful time of the year. The most wonderful time of the year. Merry Chrysler, Wes. Happy Krima. <laughs> um, we haven't done a BMC since uh, Phineas and Ferb, I believe. Is that correct? No. Candace Gantz Universe, did we do one since then? Yeah. Am I wrong? Yeah, you're definitely wrong, because that was a long time ago. Hmm, let me let me backtrack. It wasn't that long ago. It was Hocus Pocus. It was Halloween. Oh, duh. Yeah, Hocus Pocus. So it wasn't that long ago. Okay, yeah, we did that back in in uh, Halloween season. So skip Spooky a month. Season. Spooky, Spooky season. season. Here we are, BMC number 10, That's if I'm not one. mistaken. Wow, two hands. Two hands, uh, and we'll be on episode 50 of the pod before too long here. That's so a couple, hands. couple milestones. Wow, wow! For some reason, people are keeping us on the air. Yeah, I mean, if only every single download was like one dollar, mm, that'd be we nice. Have, we would have some money. <laughs> we I would have tens of dollars <laughs> we would have tens of dollars <laughs> oh man well this is your first time watching it correct and you watched correct. it what yesterday yes sir I'm so excited to talk about this movie that I watched last year for the first time and I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly I spent some time raving about it in last year's Christmas special. Here, uh, we'll have our editor did. we'll have our editor play the clip right here. Right before we came up to record, I watched the movie Klaus. And I was cuddling his dog. And he was cuddling my dog. Uh, it's a Netflix original, and it's 2D animated. Oh, I've heard of that. And great cast. It's funny. It's heartfelt. But there's tons of recency bias, because I just watched it. So, if I was picking now, I would absolutely have it in my top five, if mm-hmm. not possibly number one. But I just watched it, so I decided I wasn't going to put it on the list. Uh, but go watch that. I, I loved it. It's beautifully drawn. Very nice. Yeah. Oh, I will. 
Okay, <laughs> I'm the editor. Thank you, so, editor. So, uh, thank you, editor. You're great at what you do. When you hear this, keep going. You're doing great. So, but I didn't. I don't think I included it in our in our ratings because it was such recency bias. Mm-hmm. But here, here we are, a year later. I can confidently say, this was the most excited movie, or most the movie I was most excited to see this season. Um, mm. Again, out of Christmas movies, I would say. Okay. So. Uh, yeah. Directed and produced by Sergio Pablos of, uh, Spa Studios. Sergio Pablos mm-hmm. Animation Studios out in Madrid, Spain. So I'll give you, give you guys a little background on this film before we get into it, get into a little summary. But, uh, yeah, Sergio Pablos, if you haven't heard of him, he worked on a lot of classic Disney Renaissance films. Wes, have you heard of Sergio Pablos before? I have. Really? Well, I, I did live with you, Perry. Yeah, that's true. He uh, he was involved with, I believe, Aladdin and Tarzan and Pocahontas, I think. So, a lot of big, a lot of big name uh, films. And uh, after you know, after working so long with like in the Disney Renaissance, doing 2D, that's kind of his specialty. And now we're in the 2010s, and he wanted to produce a film that displayed what traditional hand-drawn animation has evolved to since now that most animation studios are pretty much all CG animation. And so that's kind of what Spa Studios was created to do. Um, And he was able to, because he's one of the few studios still doing 2D, enlist a lot of very accomplished 2D animators to work on Klaus. Uh, James Baxter and Mary Lesher both are... Disney Renaissance vets themselves, and they worked on this film. Mary Lesher unfortunately passed away uh, from cancer in June 2019, and so this film was kind of dedicated to her after that. But uh, yeah, when Spa Studios started shopping around their first teaser trailer of Klaus in April 2015, uh, looking for a, a major studio to invest in and co produce Klaus with Spa Studios, but most studios were like, nope. 2D animation, that's too risky. People are done with that. It's out of date. Mm-hmm. We're going to look for another CG film. Finally, in 2017, November 2017, Netflix acquired, well, at least it was announced then that Netflix had acquired the full rights mm-hmm. to Klaus. Thank you, Netflix. Thank you, Netflix. Honestly, they have been huge with animation lately, uh, committing to, like, I think they said six new animated films next year that they're wow uh, they're releasing. Um, yeah, they they are committed to animation at Netflix, and so I can appreciate wow. that. Um, but uh, Klaus actually was like so good that before they released it on Netflix, they decided to um, give it a Oscar qualifying theater run. Mm-hmm. Um, so they put it in theaters November 8th in limited release fashion. Um, and then it was on Netflix on November 15th. So that whole limited theater run was just so it could qualify for the Oscars. Yep. And it got nominated. And it got nominated for Best Animated Picture. I would have, I thought it should have won. Toy Story 4 won. Uh, although Toy Story 4 won that, Klaus did win the Annie Awards for mm. be- Best Animated Feature, Best Character Animation for. Could you guess which character? Is it is it Klaus? No, it's actually Alva. Sergio Martin really? did the animation for Alva, and he won Best Character Animation. Um, huh. Best Character Design, Torsten Schrank was the lead character designer. 
um, directing, production design, storyboarding, and editorial. So it cleaned house, won seven wow. out of its seven nominations. A Christmas won, won movie, man. Yeah, crazy. So Netflix, four weeks after release, reported 40, 40 million views, I believe, which is, is very large, top 20... Uh, Netflix original openings of all time, but it did not does not stand in comparison to some of the movies like, um, I believe, uh, Extraction mm. was a big one that came out this year during pandemic. So so there's you know a lot more people sitting on their butts. One new new movies, um, Extraction had like 99 million first four week. Wow. Uh, but uh, that movie did not receive the critical acclaim that Klaus did. Klaus with the awards and the 94% Rotten Tomatoes, which is one of the best Rotten Tomatoes scores of a Netflix original. I've seen a few that are just barely higher than that. Um, I think I Lost My Body had a higher Rotten Tomatoes score, even though that was kind of a weird movie. Marriage Story was up there. I haven't seen uh, that yet, but I need to. Yeah, so... Anyway, yes, gr- it is just very successful movie and really brought back into prominence the possibility of 2D animation uh, on the big screen again. Yeah. So, uh, a couple fun facts before we have Wes give his his summary of the movie in Wes's words. Uh, a few fun facts here. Sergio Pablo said that Smearinsburg is a deliberate misspelling of Smearenberg, a former Dutch and Danish whaling station in the Arctic archipelago of Svalbard. Now, I looked up where this where this place is, and it looks so far north that you you wouldn't think it exists, you know? It, wow. It's it is way north of like this all of Scandinavia, like wow. this place. So, so not somewhere that you and I want to go. No, definitely not. Pretty crazy. Whaling, whaling station. That's the only thing they can do up there. J.K. Simmons, the voice mm-hmm. of Klaus, um, once worked as a mall Santa. Did he really? That's that is that is what the internet tells me, Wes. Well, the internet is always right. Yep. Uh, second fun fact, or third fun fact. Uh, this is the funnest of the facts, ooh, by the way. Ooh, okay. And, and fi- it's the final fun fact as well. Nita Laba, who voiced the little girl Margu. You know who that is, Wes. Oh, I know. She is from a little village of Tromsø. I think it's what it's called. I, I tried to look up how to pronounce that, but Norway. And that actress did not know any English. Sergio Pablos traveled out to this town and did a recording session using only translation um, and mimicry. So okay. there you go. There you go. That's pretty cool. He, he really... So that that wasn't acting. That was real. <laughs> that that was that was totally legit. Wow, that is yeah. a fun fact. The funnest of the facts, I'm telling you. Uh, Wes, could you please, for maybe people who haven't seen this movie, explain it in Wes's words? I will do my best. How's that sound? Uh, great. So we begin our adventure at a military grade postman camp, which you would think. That they were about to go to war, but no, they are delivering mail. Enter our main character, who some may think is Linguini from Ratatouille's sibling, or cousin. I like to think he's his Nordic cousin. His name is Jesper. But if I refer to him as Linguini, that's what it is. Turns out he's lazy. I feel that. And somehow his father is incredibly rich from being a postman, so um, if someone could tell me where to sign up for that, I am in. (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, so it turns out he's bad at his job, and his dad sends him away to the polar vortex of the north to basically rot, because he says, if you don't get 6,000 letters, which I don't really know how they justify 6,000 letters as successful, I'd, why, are, are packages not allowed? Um, I, I know Amazon's not a thing, but, like, still, not quite sure. And... He gets up there, he's all depressed, super angsty, not typical rich kid movie thing, and he just realizes that this town is awful, kind of reminds me of home, minus the cold. Um, he meets a woman who is probably supposed to be attractive, but kind of is very scary, and she's supposed to be a teacher, but instead she cuts up dead fish. Yeah, um, she's got like a fish market going on in a school. Yep, because the school doesn't function because... The people don't send their children to school. Facts. Pretty much because the town is so bad that they don't need to go to school. So that's an interesting one. And uh, young Nordic Linguini goes around <laughs> trying to collect letters. There are none. And he's like, what about this other house? And the boat sail man, sailor man, boat driver. Ferryman. Man, the ferryman. Sure. Uh, who had a famous voice actor whose name escapes me <laughs> but, but i had heard i had heard many times before um sure sure says to go visit the old woodsman and that's where you enter extremely large klaus um yeah big boy who di- did not speak for a pretty long time um and was not chubby but kind of jacked like i feel like if this was a live action they could have only have casted the rock Really? I mean, yeah, I guess. Yes. Anyway, moving on. And young Linguini is very scared and runs away. Uh, but very large Santa Claus, Klaus, my apologies, sees a picture that a, that a very sad, very sad, illiterate child has drawn and offers up a gift. And so they deliver the gift. And that is how it all starts and then young nordic linguini tries to you keep calling this guy young nordic linguini (laughs) (laughs) jesper jesper if you guys don't know who's talking about it it is jesper but you can feel free to call him linguini it is jesper (laughs) um have the same nose man (laughs) (laughs) he abuses his power and gets all the children to give him many letters and many pennies to take to klaus for more toys and thus we get several montages of them delivering toys in the middle of the night so that klaus could not be seen because he is a massive introvert this happens for a while the fam there's two families that still kind of hate each other kind of like the hatfields and mccoys mm-hmm. but the uh northern illiterate version yeah the ellingbows and the crumbs yes yes the, the red-haired cowboys and the gothic black-haired creepy yes they do not like each other vampires. but what they what they don't like more is people getting along, which is kind of interesting. It's probably like some kind of self-fulfilling prophecy where if nobody gets along, nobody can dislike me because everyone dislikes everyone. Mm. I think they have some real insecurities there. True. So they try to really thwart everything. At some point, this uh, foreign language, only foreign language speaking young girl shows up and wants a toy, but cannot communicate so then jesper and the fish fry teacher <laughs> um, fall in love by trying to teach her english and eventually she gets a gift and she leads her entire tribe slash village 
slash ice people commune i don't know what they were uh but they basically come and they when when klaus runs out of gifts and he needs to make more they become the elves per se but they're all very large yeah they're not elves but they're helpers yeah so an interesting spin instead of young instead of small elves we have large nordic people yeah, it's interesting to, to also note that Christmas the day already exists at this point, um, but the the tradition of gift giving and a Santa Claus or Klaus does mm-hmm. not exist. Christmas not is exist. just just a day. They don't really say what the day is for. I imagine for yeah, good, celebrating Jesus' birth, maybe. But I, then, but then this is the spin that they're like, you know, they use that day of like, hey, what about on this day? Mm-hmm. We deliver all these toys. Yes, that is when young Linguini shows his prowess as a marketing genius. <laughs> we have him to thank for the Christmas that we know and love today. Yeah. Um, and anyway, um, the goths and the cowboys try to come burn things down, and Big Klaus gets all big and scary and smart. Um, and young Jesper has, you know a redemption moment where he really realizes the error of his ways and that he actually does love Christmas and he loves, what is it called, Perry? Was it selfless acts? Was that what it was? Yeah, one truly selfless selfless act will always warrant another. Something Mm -hmm. like that. And in the end, all the children are in love and Klaus kind of has this big family he always wanted. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, Jesper got the girl, but not the silk sheets. True. But we do watch Klaus uh, walk into the dust and become a force ghost. Yes. Um, then Christmas happens. And that is the only day of the year that they get to hang out. So that's kind of sad. Yeah. But he's and dead. That, he's dead. So like... Kind of? Like, is he? So one day of the year is better than none if he's dead. Is he dead. dead, though? Like, do we know? I don't know. He looked pretty old. Well, Santa's always looked old. Anyway, yeah, it gets all magical at the very end as kind of like a we need to conclude this somehow. Like as in like yeah, we need to end it but we can't kill him. Yeah, like he it needs to be Santa able to, still has to exist. Yeah, like how do we explain that Santa's still real? Anyway, fabulous movie. Jesper gets the girl. This was Klaus in Wes's words. Nice. All right, well done. Yeah, that's that's the the summary of the movie. You don't even need to watch it now if you haven't, but I mean too late for spoiler for saying spoilers because <laughs> that was just all of it. But yeah, I mean, excellent movie. First of all, let's just talk about the animation, Wes. Uh, oh, it might be my favorite. I think it's my favorite looking 2D animation I've ever seen. It looks just like like when you were in elementary school and your teacher would read you books. It looked just like that, like the, the kind of illustration that would be in like a children's book. Really? Okay, that's interesting. I mean, it's it's really neat how they did it. They used they like it was a very difficult process. I've heard, and, and a lot of the technology didn't exactly exist yet as they were producing this movie. Um, but they like, oops, wait, what's that sound? What sound? Oh, nothing. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they paid very special attention to the shading to create mm-hmm. depth. So, yeah. uh, especially around the faces and the body, like the yep. the body care, uh, the hair, the, hair, the um, whatever 
just like they give a lot of depth to the 2D animation with the different shading and texturing um, that they give it, uh, which is really neat. The setting is beautiful. The oh, yes. this town of Smearnsburg, they can make it like seem menacing at first, and then they just make it into this beautiful place by the end of it. Um, all the characters really well designed. Torsten Schrank deserved that uh, that character design award. I actually, he was on uh, he was on the Bancroft Brothers Animation Podcast, as was Sergio Pablos um, in the last year or so, um, and talking about some of those characters. And I, know, I think he worked on Despicable Me as well. So, yeah, the characters in this movie, really well done. Like, Klaus especially, like, just this take on the character is really interesting. Uh, Alva, Jesper, you know, the the Ellingbos and the uh, Crumbs, just, like, really well-designed characters, uh, just down to the detail in all the individual, like, extra characters. There's just so many, and they're all different. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. The voice cast, Wes? What'd you think of the voice cast? Anybody stand out to you? Klaus, of course. J.K. Simmons? Yep. And then the guy that was the ferryman. Uh, Norm McDonald. He's in a lot of things. I recognize that that voice quite a bit. Yeah, he is. Uh, Jason's, uh, Jason Schwartzman is Jesper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Alba's famous too, isn't she? Yeah, Rashida Jones. Yeah, Rashida Jones. That's, I mean, that's that's a good that's a good cast. Like those are yeah, real is, people. Real and don't forget Joan Cusack. Ah, like very nice. like as in as in uh, Jesse from Toy Story movies. She is uh, the crumb like leader chick. So ah, ah. they yeah, did quite not, well. They really did. They really did. I was pretty stoked with like that, of course. And then I would say another thing is just like it's so fun, like. Everything mm-hmm. is like it all kind of they, they give a, a different kind of twist on every little Christmas legend trope mm-hmm. and give you some way to have it all fit together. Like, you know, the reasoning for the flying reindeer in uh, the flying sleigh or whatever. Like, how mm-hmm. did that legend come to be? Or why yep. why the legend of like you know, if you're bad, you get coal, uh, or you only see him when you're sleeping or like you only get the present when you're sleeping. Yeah. Just, it just gives an example or like, a it fits the pieces together so nicely until the very end, which is kind of mm-hmm. a little spotty at the end. That's my least favorite thing about the whole movie is at the end when it's like, okay, he disappears, but somehow, and, and literally the words are like, I can't explain why. I've just stopped asking and just come to grips with it over the years that every year, once a year, I get to see my friend. And so that was, I think that was a real plot issue from, for them that they probably had to deal with for a while. And that was their way of saying, this doesn't make sense. Don't ask about it, but just enjoy, just enjoy it. But once a year, Klaus comes back and does Christmas. Cause then what happens to the elf? Like, clan you never know like the people that were working there mm-hmm. um and you know jesper's not making toys anymore so you know it's like all that stuff you're just like well okay that's not answered but mm-hmm. i had enough fun that i can overlook it a little bit yeah 
Yeah, well, kind of rare for a Christmas movie to be a good movie. Yes, agreed. Like, this is a good, like, a legit quality movie, not just fun around Christmas time. You know what I mean? Right, right. Like, to contrast this with, like, the Polar Express, which I was having some conversations with people recently about the Polar Express. And, like, mm-hmm. I was shocked. I put a poll in, like, the group me of, like, the other people that I work with and asked what they would rate Polar Express, one out of five. And I said three. And mm-hmm. out of the, like, 15, 14 people that voted, it was, like, a tie between four out of five and five out of five. Yeah. So people like it I, a I, lot. I love the Polar Express. Do you? Well, yeah. see, I said three, but the three out of five is, like, Christmas only. Like, three out of five, decent movie. Like, I don't mind. Okay. I don't mind three out of five. But if it wasn't a Christmas movie and this was just an animated movie, it's mm-hmm. it's a two at, at, at best. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. For me, I just think the Polar Express is, like, not very well animated. It's not super funny. Not incredibly exciting. But it's got that Christmas magic, that Christmas feel. I enjoy watching it once a year or so. Um, at, you know, at most once a year, probably, with the okay. right people, hopefully. <laughs> but this is not like Polar Express. The animation's beautiful. The story's wonderful. Really mm-hmm. funny. Uh, really wonderful characters. And, yeah, just, I could watch it three times a year, honestly, around Christmas time. Wow. So... And that could, I mean, that's for now. It's This is only my second, my like my second year with it being in existence. Sure, sure. So, well, Can you remember some of the funniest like lines or things that you, you laugh at the most with that, with uh, Klaus was? I mean, I thought I was, I think there were a lot of like cute, funny moments. Like whenever like they're delivering the gift for the first time and Jesper can't get out of the carriage. Klaus <laughs> is too big. And he's like, it's fine. I'll, I'll just get out. Don't worry. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of subtle, little subtle things like that. Yep. Um, whenever the kids are in the school and she's like, if I teach you something, will you promise to leave? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just love the montage of when he finds out that he can get the kids to... Oh, and it's like it's like he's dealing drugs. He's, it's like he's dealing drugs. He's like <laughs> hiding under the bridge. He's like, he's like hey, hey kids, want a toy? Uh, he opens up his his like jacket and he's got these like letter making kits like an envelope a piece of paper and a pencil oh yeah that got me he's like you 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 got the stuff i you know (laughs) um also in that that scene uh with him under the bridge the kids are pushing this old guy in a rocking chair sleeping out on ice on a piece of ice just out in the ocean and he's Mm -hmm. he's a trope three or four times throughout there's another one another scene where it starts and he like falls off of a roof uh where he's just woke up on or another one of my favorite uh scenes that just makes me laugh every time is when that kid who was kind of a jerk to jesper early on Mm -hmm. finds out that he has gotten a piece of coal instead of a present and he says what's the deal i wrote a letter to klaus and how could he know that i've i'm a bad kid unless you squealed on me and jesper's Mm -hmm. like Oh, he knows. He knows. He knows what you're doing, and he takes a list, the naughty list, and yep. And this kid, and he's like, "So you still want to throw that snowball?" And this kid just drops the snowball, and yep. he's he's scared. And Jesper 
walks back into his post office with some swag and in the background you hear some like hip-hop beats and and the the hip-hop beats are like that's what you get when you mess with the postman (laughs) that's what it says (laughs) it's subtle and i think it's hilarious oh man that's probably my that's probably my favorite gag i would say also the the montage where you learn about um the ellingbos and the crumbs and their history it's pretty funny oh yeah and the two huge, cringy children, uh, children of the that each family. Pumpkin. Yes, when she just sticks her tongue out and Mine. And, uh, Mine. and licks every envelope. That's her job when they're making letters. Yep. <laughs> oh man! All together, um, a very fun, very fun movie. So we've probably reached that time now where we should probably rate it. A hot rod scale ranking. On our hot rod scale rating movies, this is our 10th BMC, and if you haven't listened to one by now, you should be aware that our hot rod scale of rating movies consists of essentially a 1 through 5 rating, where a 5 out of 5 would be a movie that is a straight up party, a 4 out of 5 would be a movie that is cool beans, 3 out of 5 would be a movie you can scrape the joy out of, 2 out of 5 is unlegit truly and a movie that is the devil would be a one out of five the devil. so wes i'll just go ahead uh it's five out of five for me clearly straight up, straight up party for me so i thought it'd be fun if we all went around and said our name and a little something about ourselves i'll start my name is rod and i like to party all right dave you're up uh hi uh my name is dave and uh, I like to party. Uh, no, Dave, I just said that I party, so maybe do something different for me. My name is Dave, and I am the stuntman. You know what? Let's move on. Definitely my favorite Christmas movie still at this point. Um, so that right. is where it falls. Well, Perry, I would call this maybe not a straight-up party, but a straight-up Christmas party. Mm, okay. I gotta say, great, great movie perfect perfect for christmas time and i don't know why i don't get tired of seeing so many different stories about how santa is santa but i love it i'm here for it <laughs> give it give this me this one's give different me more. though this one's unique exactly like give me more of them i i don't care how different they get yeah yeah straight up party straight Absolutely. up party five, five out, out of five. five all right well now, this being the 10th one wes and now granted you've only been on nine of these mm-hmm and I don't think you've ever seen the one you weren't on with Animal Crackers. Still need, to, probably should watch that at some point and give it a and give it a ranking out of five so that you can have a have a, a top ten or like so we can be we can have all the same movies rated. Mm-hmm. But uh, on your top ten, so my I'm gonna rank real quick my top ten of our of our ten BMCs in the order in which they fall. Uh, Hancock still falls number 10. Hocus Pocus, mm. uh, after the three out of five I gave Hocus Pocus, will be my number nine. Man, we've we've done some good movies, Wes. Number Apparently. eight, number eight out of four out of five. Number eight is a four out of five for me. Man, my uh, I'm maybe not that stringy, st- stingy of a <laughs> critic after all. Uh, Animal Crackers is my number eight. Blade Runner 2049, my number seven, also four out of five. Phineas and Ferb, Candace Against the Universe, my number six. Onward, my number five. 
three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, my number four. All of those are four out of fives. And then my five out of fives, my number three, Treasure Planet. My number two is Klaus. It will not jump to my number one, though I think it is close. Arrival in a close race will win a five out of five. But I will say in the month of December, Klaus is my number one out of all these. <laughs> Arrival. I think the other eleven months. <laughs> here, I think our problem is, is we we don't want to watch bad movies, so we don't oh, ever pick them. For yes, this. that is clearly the problem. We should maybe pick one that could be bad at some point, like a uh, country Christmas or something. Stop it! That was fabulous, <laughs> and you know it. Stay tuned for our next episode to hear about Wes, that. Where do you think this would uh, this would rank for you? It's probably my top three. I don't remember. I don't have my list written down like on there like you do. Which is probably not great. Probably, <laughs> I should. probably should do that. Um, but I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure I gave Onward a five out of five, and probably Arrival a five out of five. Also, I'd probably have it at number three behind okay. those two. Nice, nice. Well, that's that's sweet. I think you might have also gave Phineas and Ferb a five out of five. Maybe I did. If I remember right, I would have it did. above Phineas and Ferb. Sorry, Swamp. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Makes sense. Makes sense. All right, sweet. Well, that was a blast. BMC number 10, Yo. Klaus. Go see it, guys. I mean, that just entails it. that just entails going onto your Netflix um, and, you know, typing a K or just going to, like, critically acclaimed movies or, like, Christmas movies. Or just typing movies Christmas or, movies on Netflix. Yeah, any of it, you'll find it. It's pretty easy to find. And this is coming out the 22nd, so prime time for watching Klaus. If you're looking for a movie to watch on this being the 22nd or the 23rd that you're listening to this, um, I'm sure, you know, you probably have a traditional movie that you'll watch the 24th that can't really be flexed because you and your family, you know, would all freak out if you watch something different than your Christmas story or your Miracle on 34th Street or whatever that you watch every year on thing- on uh, Christmas Eve. And so we wouldn't want to, you know, uh, ask you to change uh, that tradition. Actually, but- I would. If you're watching a Christmas story, it's awful. Get rid of it and watch <laughs> this instead. Yeah, I mean, and then you can watch Elf for that whatever marathon that they do, 24 hours straight of Elf on uh, every single TV channel of all time. (laughs) Um, But uh, this one is a perfect December 23rd watch. It's so good. (laughs) Give it a watch. You just might love it. And that's all from us. The next episode you will hear from us, uh, we will be in person. So... That's exciting. I think we're going to be doing some sort of Rotten Tomatoes game, um, guessing movies by their Rotten Tomatoes scores and vice versa, uh, and seeing who is the best at identifying maybe critically acclaimed movies or or guessing what a movie's Rotten Tomatoes score might be. Yeah, not sure how this is going to go, but it's going to be fun because we're going to be in person for the first time Mm -hmm. since March. So... Stay tuned for that on the 29th, and that will be episode 48. So episode 50 coming around the corner. That'd be the that'd be the diamond episode, I believe. Yep, yep. All right, guys, we will see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>